Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The Nasty Cast might sound like a silly name for a show. But this is a serious fantasy baseball podcast. Okay, maybe not that serious. But these guys aren't just here to party. Hey folks, it's Van Lee here. And whoo boy, it has been quite the last couple of weeks. Actually, it's been about a month and a half. Just a nightmarish month and a half. Long story short, and we'll get into the episode. I have a stalker. I'm not important enough to have a stalker, but apparently I have one. Someone out there and I think I know who it is, has reported my shows, including this one, The Nasty Cast, The Dynasty Baseball Show, Launch Angle, Boob Tube Boys, everything on the network for all kinds of things. And ultimately, I've had nothing but troubles. I wasn't able to publish this episode. We actually recorded it last week, like almost eight days ago. So it's a lot of older content, but still important fantasy-relevant stuff. So stay tuned for that. I apologize for the delay. I think we're past this. I Hopefully you don't have to worry about this anymore. Maybe this lunatic has found something else to distract him. Either way, it's just been an annoying couple of weeks. So I apologize for the delay, but we're back. We should be good to go. And we hope you guys are ready to talk some baseball. So let's bring on Ron and Brian and do just that. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Nasty Cast. I'm your host, Van Lee. This is the Relief Pitcher episode. Oh, no, it's not. Record scratch. We have too much to cover, so we're going to put off the Relief Pitchers. We're just going to talk news, free agency, all that stuff. A little bit of a freeform fun episode. That voice you heard earlier is Brian Vaughn. Welcome to the show, Brian. Hey, what's up? Baseball's back. Baseball's back. There is so much stuff going on. That's why we can't talk about Relief Pitchers. We have something of actual import to discuss. (laughs) That's right. It has been a torrent of signings and information. Ron, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm excellent. This hot stove, you know, if the if the if the kids were writing down hot, they would <laughs> they would write down hot and they would spell it H A W T. This stove is so hot. Kids, uh, I'll side, do it. You know, on a side note, I I just got in town. I went went to Indiana for a quick visit. Stayed at my my friend's farm, and I got the privilege of hanging out with a couple of goats named Mister Weenie and Dwight. <laughs> and so. My question for you is, who is the coolest goat that you know? Oh, Zambi or Zambo. Zambo, yeah. From a Hollywood cop, I I, think. I think so. It was this movie Brian and I watched once. It was a horrible thing. And the beginning of the episode is some little kid gets shot or something. But the mom's looking for the Very kid. Very casually, you drop that information in. <laughs> what would you expect? From if you Hollywood knew the tone cop? of the movie, you would be casual about it too, though, listener. Yeah. <laughs> so the mom's looking for the kid. They live on a farm, and she's like, Where's little Billy? I'll bet he's out washing that goat again. <laughs> and it was just a throwaway line. We cut to a little kid washing a goat, and apparently he's just fascinated yeah. to do it. So, Zambi, And that goat's Zambo. name is Zambo, and I watched that movie with Van, and it is the coolest goat I've ever seen. Uh, it should also be noted, if you haven't guessed by now, Ron or listeners, this is most certainly an 80s B-grade action movie <laughs> oh, yeah, that we're discussing. Definitely. And then there's also Black Phillip. From the Vitch. That, that is movie. a cool goat too. Turns also Satan. Satan, yeah. <laughs> so it depends how you feel about Satan, whether you not whether or not you like that goat. But Dwight sounds pretty cool too, Ron. Yeah. I like yeah, that yeah. goat for also, sure. Also, what was the other one? Mr. Weiner? Mr. Weenie. Mr. Weenie. Okay. Mr. So Weenie. not like Mark Weiner from Nickelodeon. No, no Mr. Weenie's just a coward. Mr. Weiner was Mark Weiner's dad. You can call him <laughs> Mark. <laughs> Well, there you go. Well, we're going to be talking, of course, injury updates, free agency signings, trades, all of that sort of thing. And again, you can find our Relief Pitcher episode in the future. We'll just put that off a little bit so we can discuss all of these things. And if you want us to do that, give me a hell yeah, because it's Austin 316 day as we're recording this. Hell yeah. (laughs) Ron? Hell yeah. (laughs) Even better. I'll tell you what, that Vince McMahon... (laughs) Anyway. What? Los Angeles. <laughs> what? Here, here at the Broken Skull Ranch. <laughs> what? All right. So if you want to find us on Twitter, I'm at Manly Van Lee. Brian is at Loud Guitar Brian. Ron is at The Real Ma Day. And our sister podcast is at Boo2Dynasty, B-O-O-T-U. This is at Nasty Cast Pod. 
Go check it out. Patreon.com slash Inc. We're putting out bonus content on there as well, and you can help support the show. Just a couple bucks a month or more. It's great stuff. So let's get into it. We're going to start off with the injuries. We'll just kind of go down a list here. Zach Wheeler has come out and mentioned that he dealt with some shoulder soreness in December after he threw a career-high 213 and a third innings last year. The righty has said that he believes he can ramp up quickly and pitch the opening week of the year, but the Phillies don't seem to be quite as optimistic. Brian, what do you think of this news for Wheeler? How far would you drop him down your list? Would you draft him at all? Because it's shoulder soreness. That's a little scary. I would be really hesitant unless the price just got inescapable for me just because it is a shoulder thing, and those can really develop quickly. And it it's frustrating, too, because Wheeler has turned into an ace. I mean, he's really a workhorse, too, so... I'd love to see him ramp up and be ready and be totally wrong about this, but I see at the very least the chance for reduced innings, and Wheeler is a good enough pitcher coming off the last few years that his price is probably still too high for me given the risk involved. Yeah, I was going to say that. I'm just not a Wheeler guy because I feel like he just doesn't fall to me in drafts where I feel comfortable getting him, and that's not to say that he's not a really good pitcher, and that he's not been really good the last couple of seasons, but it, it just kind of echo everything that you said. You know, career high innings and a shoulder injury, those are two things I don't want to hear together, especially when I'm going into my draft. So, I mean, he could end up being fine, but it's it's something that I think there's enough arms out here that I don't necessarily have to take the risk on it. So I'm dropping him down a little bit. Uh, it, I mean, if it becomes something where the value is, it feels okay and I can, you know, be able to shelve him for a little bit and not have to count on him right away, I'll be okay with it. But he's just not a guy that I find myself with a lot of in in any scenario, really. I don't really think I'll just wind up with him at all. I just, for an early pick and for pitching, which is so scary, I want someone who's not even thinking about yeah. being hurt. Somebody and, who's like, I sure love health. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so let's play a dude view. Oh. Quack Davis, Juan Soto, Lance McCullers, Justin Upton, Delano DeShield, Franklin Barreto, Carlos Rodon, Whit Merrifield, and of course, Hoog Bowell. All right, so let's see. Wheeler, over the past calendar month, and this has a little bit of slippage baked in because this news came out a couple of days ago. He is the eighth starting pitcher off the board currently with pick. Kurt Monitor makes it hard to see the line. 26 overall, so... He's currently going a little bit after Jacob DeGrom, who's the 24th overall pick. Who would you take, Ron? DeGrom or Wheeler? I just want to say real quick, if you ever go to a restaurant and they say there's slippage baked in, you need to get the <laughs> hell out of there right now. Like, get get out of that place. Um, I'm probably going to go with DeGrom. I mean, DeGrom, you know, he's coming off injury, but I feel like he's elite. He is in a class by himself. I know he's getting a little bit older, and we're going to have to start kind of having that same discussion about him as we did with Kershaw. But I'm, I'm taking that upside. Those innings you're going to get from DeGrom when he's in there and he's healthy are elite innings, and you don't get him anywhere else. I have to agree with you, Ron, now that the injury risk is there with Wheeler. I, I loved the safety of Wheeler before this news. But, yeah, the quality of innings from DeGrom is so off the charts. I think i got to take that risk if I'm taking a risk. I think if, let's say, Wheeler gets to 170 innings, which is pretty good considering this then injury. Then we're talking a little bit. bit. Well, even if that happens, if DeGrom throws 120 innings, yeah. DeGrom's going to be better. It's yeah. going to be worth more. So I'll stick with DeGrom. Let's go down a little further. How about Shane Bieber, who's the 10th starter off the board? What do you think, Ron? Bieber or Wheeler? Bieber also dealing with, well, coming back off of injury. I think I'm, I'm going to go Bieber for a lot of the same reasons. I mean, you're not getting the DeGrom-level innings, but I feel like the innings you will get out of him are going to be a little bit more valuable. If I knew concretely a Justin Bieber song and wasn't guessing, I'd try to sing it now because, yeah, I'll take Bieber because I, I think he's just going to go right back to being like some sort of ace <laughs> uh, based on how he looked when he came back last year. He gives up a few too many home runs sometimes, uh, but, man, I, I like his odds at health better too. Baby, baby, baby. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's the that was I the know. big one that he uh, burst onto the scene with as a – Fresh-eyed, bowl-cut boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a triplicate here with Shane Bieber for me as well. Uh, Julio Urias, what do you think, Brian? Let's go you first. Well, I think this is answering the question for me because I take Urias here. I mean, he coming off last year in which he stayed healthy, which is what we needed him to do, and was better than I ever remember. Every time I go into his stats, I'm surprised a little bit all over <laughs> again. And obviously, being on the Dodgers is usually 
a good thing as well, but it should be noted, he does also have plenty of injuries, including arm injuries, in his past. So Urias isn't necessarily safe until it's happened a few years. I think I'll go Urias too, but it's not as, as much of a slam dunk as the other two were, just for all the reasons you said, Brian. You know, he does have a lot of injury history in his past, but he was really, really good last year, really, really reliable. So if we see that, you know, again this year, I'd, I'd be more apt to go with him if you ask me this question, and, you know, after this season or, you know, in a couple of more seasons. But I, I, I think I'll go with Urias, but it's way, way closer than the other two. It's Urias for me as well, and I mean, this has been a bad version of the game, so let's skip yeah. ahead one more you player know, here. If someone could just tell us, Zach Wheeler is only missing two starts, then we could play this game a lot more easily. Certainly. <laughs> so let's go with the 24th pitcher. Now, of course, there are relief pitchers in that list. Kevin Gaussman, of course, now with Toronto. What do you think, Ron? Gaussman, or would you stick with Wheeler? I'm going to go Kevin Gaussman just because he's proven the last couple of years that he's he's a solid pitcher. He's gotten really, really good. Signed a big deal, got a big offense behind him, uh, and he hasn't really shown. And he really hasn't shown us any injury in the last couple of seasons. So I think I'm going to go Gaussman. This one feels pretty coin flippish to me in a way, just because Wheeler is really good and he might not really be hurt. But I still take Gaussman too because I really like him. He's a guy who I think could put up the same stats as Wheeler, even if Wheeler's fine potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially now that the DH is everywhere. That's yes. not a National League advantage any longer. That's a very good point. And it's certainly Gaussman for me as well. So let's just stop playing that game and yeah. move on to other players. <laughs> yeah, but take that, Zach Wheeler. You get the idea. I mean, yeah, he's dropping down rankings. Shoulders sure. are bad. Also, we didn't talk about this. I'll just throw this out here real quick. Jack Flaherty has shoulder problems as well that are mm-hmm. cropping up. Another guy that I'm just going to completely avoid yep. for sure. That's mm-hmm. unfortunate. Yeah. Well, Fernando Tatis Jr. has revealed that he fractured the scaphoid bone in his left wrist, which is going to keep him out of action for at least three months. I know he had surgery today. And he said that he fell off his motorcycle a couple of times this offseason. Give me a hell yeah. <laughs> Though he says it wasn't an issue <laughs> until this week. Uh, let's go to Brian first. Where are you comfortable taking Tatis in drafts now? Well, that's a significant amount of missed time. It's like half the season, mm-hmm. potentially. So for me, I'm not really thinking about it in a redraft. I There's I, always going to be someone who takes him ahead of you. There always will be because mm-hmm. he's not going to fall down to where I think half a season of anyone belongs. And I mean, he's you could tell me Tatis is the best player in baseball. I'm not going to argue He's that good, but three months is just too much time for me to gamble on, uh, no matter what the price. And I think with injured stars, too, I think a lot of fantasy players think it's really cute to take them a little early as if they've pulled off some sort of heist, to your point, Van, meaning that it's just impossible. One of the 15 or 12 owners in your league will take him before they should. And and, and like you said, Brian, and we've played in enough leagues and enough sports that when you have one of your top first or second, you know, draft picks get hurt, it tanks your season. It's hard yeah. to overcome. And and you're going into this knowing, like you said, you're not going to have him for half a season. It just doesn't make sense. You need to get that production. You need to make sure you have that production for those three months, for every month of the season. And, you know, injuries happening during the season is one thing. You obviously don't know that's going on. But this, this is something you know ahead of time. So why you would spend that draft capital on this guy uh, that you're going to get for only half a season, I'm really not sure. And I'm just looking at his ADP on NFBC. Oh, I don't know if it's right. When did this news happen? Maybe yesterday, day before? Uh, it's this week, and, yeah. and today's Wednesday, so it's recent. Well, I pulled up the 15th and 16th drafts. That's uh, Today's the 16th when we're recording, and he was going 39th. So that seems to me that people— People are adjusting big because he was at 1.9 yeah. when the list was originally uploaded. But even 39, there's no way no. I would take him there. Let me, well, let me refresh you just today. Let's just assume he gets 300 plate appearances at best— Three, how can 300 plate appearances of anything be a third-round player? Right. Who's, uh, who's, going, who's going at pick 40-41, like just a couple picks behind him out of curiosity? Well, let me update, too. He's going 83rd in today's draft, so okay. he certainly dropped okay. there. But so like 39 to 40. with 300 plate appearances. Yeah, 30 to 40, 39 to 40, it was Tyler O'Neill, Robbie Ray, Whit Merrifield. So still some big upside plays. 83, we've got Bobby Witt Jr. before him. 
Jordan Romano, Corey Seager, Nolan Arenado, Chris Bryant. I'd take almost all those guys. Yeah. Over him. I, I certainly oh, would. Here's take a good one. Well, Bob, Bobby Wick could end up having more at bats. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's the only one where I would say, well, mm. maybe, because I could see either one getting the 300 ish plate appearances and you want Tatises. Yeah, I'll take Tatis in that case. That's a good point. No, I think about but, it for sure. But also, if Wick makes the opening day roster, my argument's probably null and void. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, one more injury note here. Chris Sale has a stress fracture in his rib cage, and he says he will not be ready for opening day. I, the report I read said something along the lines of, it'll take a week or weeks to get ready to where he can start throwing as opposed to days. So likely going to miss a handful of starts early. What do you think, Brian? Does this scare you away from Chris Sale like we talked with Wheeler, or would you still take him if the price falls low enough? If the price is low enough, because I think it could be with Sale, then I I would be interested because we saw last year he can still totally dominate. I do fear we have reached the stage we always feared we would reach with Chris Sale. We just thought it would happen sooner, where his six foot seven, one hundred pound frame struggles to to keep up with the rigors of throwing a baseball the way he does. But if he falls far enough, yeah, I'll take the gamble. And real quick, let me give you an update. Uh, in drafts that have taken place today, and I don't know how many that is on NFBC, he's going to pick 186. Okay. I think I would take that I am in mm-hmm. because what other potential ace are you getting there? Right around Jordan Montgomery. Uh, let's see. Other pitchers. We've got no other pitchers. Anthony Desclafani, uh, John Means. Yeah, I'll take Chris Sale. What mm-hmm. do you think, Ron? Yeah, I'll take him too, and I think that's a great value. And, and I feel like, you know, like you said, Brian, with all the injuries he's battled, I think a lot of people are out on him anyway. So I think it's going to be really, really common that he falls to you and you feel really good about it. And I think you get, you know, if you get him at 186 or 189 or whatever it was, or even lower, I think you're going to get enough starts that it's going to be at the back end of your rotation that you're not going to have to count on him, and it's going to be well worth it. So there you go, Chris Sale. So. Yeah, again, I don't know how many drafts that was. I don't know where he absolutely lands up, but if it's in a good spot, I will take a chance on him for sure. All right, let's move on to free agency talk. So, of course, there were a lot of players who just started signing the second that CBA was agreed upon. And Clayton Kershaw is one of them. He is now going to be back with the Dodgers. Not many people expected otherwise. I mean, a lot no. of people just thought he'll be back with the Dodgers. Did you guys read the Rangers rumors prior to that? I saw something, but I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it. Yeah, I guess there were just rumors circulating that it was going to be Dodgers, Rangers, or retire oh. <laughs> effectively for Kershaw. I don't know if that's a... Are he and Corey Seager friends or something? I don't know. Maybe. I could see that for sure. Well, last year, he ended up with a forearm injury that sidelined him in the postseason, and supposedly he's in good shape. He was scheduled to face hitters Monday. I haven't seen a whole lot of information on that. But overall, last year, 121 and two-thirds innings, 22 starts, 10.65 K per nine, one five five walks per nine, and a three five five ERA. But I thought he was done. <laughs> he's toast. <laughs> he's really kind of reinvented himself as, I mean, he's not Kershaw during his prime, but he's a guy who doesn't walk anyone, still strikes out a bunch, and the ERA probably should have been better than three five five. Yeah, he had a FIP of three. So, I mean, depending on the price... Uh, let me ask this, Brian. Would you take a chance on him because he is coming off the injury, or are you going to stay away because of that? I'm taking a chance because, well, Ron pointed it out with Sale. People have soured on Kershaw to the point now where I think it's a bit of overkill because the innings you get, if you get 120 innings out of him, the ratios are outstanding. He's still He's actually become a little bit more of a strikeout pitcher than he has been in recent years. Um, he's figuring out how to use his stuff with the reduced velocity a lot better. And uh, I have in my notes, and this may have changed, Kershaw around uh, 167 ADP. Yes. And that is also very doable for me for 100, 120 excellent innings out of Kershaw. And the potential for more, but, you know, you know the deal with him. Yeah, I'll definitely take him at that price. And a couple of things stand out to me. You know, we have this conversation every year uh, about him and about, you know, if he's worth it in the innings you're getting and, and the quality of them. But when you look at his innings since 2017, 175, 161, 178, and then, of course, 2020, you know, with the shortened season, and then 121 and two-thirds last wow. year. So I think the last few few years, you've gotten way more innings out of him than you thought you were going to get with the price that you paid. And, and I think it's worth pointing out, too, that last season was the first time he's had a double-digit K for nine since 2017. And like you said, Van, the, the, the FIP was at three. There's a lot to like here at pick 167, and I'll take that risk all day long with Kershaw. 
I think it obviously depends on whether or not you have any risky players on your team at this point in a draft, but I do like him here. Man, I really would like to see him throw a little bit in spring training. If he comes out and he's, you know, has at least semi-good velocity or is moving a couple of different pitches around, then yeah, I'll buy in entirely. I think this is kind of a hedged bet thing for that reason. I think if he is if he does do that, you'd see him jump 40 places in yeah. ADP, something like that. So I do like him overall. Carlos Rodon, another flame-throwing lefty here, signs with the Giants, and he's currently going around pick 124 in NFBC drafts. What do you think, Ron? Rodon, of course, had a pretty darn good season last year, but it wasn't a quote-unquote full season because he dealt with some fatigue, the velocity dropped at times. Overall, what do you expect to see out of Rodon with the Giants? Well, it's it's one of those things too with the Giants, and you just see that, and it's like, oh yeah, that's a Giants move. You know, there's some teams that just make those kind of those kind of moves. And you talked about, you know, the the, the innings you're getting, and, and it's kind of like what we talked about, you know, with with Kershaw is just you know that you're not going to get a ton of innings, but if he pitches like he did last year, 132 and two thirds innings, almost you know, 12 and a half K per nine, he walked a few more than I'd like to like to see, but a 2.37 ERA. I, I think I might take a chance on him there. He's a guy that I was was high on early in his career, kind of soured on him a little bit. Seems to have figured it out. But I, I think that if you have any inkling that you're going to get what you got last year, uh, and, and, and even in 2019, you know, seemed you know the K per nine was there. ERA hasn't been there, but he's kind of cut into that. You know, he's, he's a guy that seems like he's been around forever. You know, he is 29, so he's, he's maybe kind of we see we, last couple of years we've seen guys like Kevin Gaussman. It comes to mind these guys in their later 20s kind of things kind of click and they kind of get it so maybe he'll kind of step in and, into San Francisco and be the next Kevin Gossman I don't know but I think I'll take a flyer on him this time I agree and I didn't know if I'd feel that way but looking at Rodon again like the stuff is there you just need the health and with innings down around the league in terms of starters I think the Giants are going to make the most of Rodon I think the ballpark's a lot better fit than Chicago was too. And I think this is a fair enough price. I wouldn't be surprised to see his ADP actually shoot up a little bit over the next couple of weeks with him being in San Francisco versus a White Sox. That's totally fair. I think the big knock on him that people will cite is the the velocity loss kind of towards the three-quarter point of his season. Yeah. And he wasn't able to hold it. And that's the very big reason why he was as successful as he was last year overall. However, in his last start, he was touching 100 again. So I do think that it was more fatigue than anything. I mean, this guy hasn't thrown that many innings. Yeah, that's in his like career. as much as I feel like 2021 was as much as you could ask for from Rodon, given his track record. Right. 132 and two thirds innings. And of course, 12.55 K per nine, 244 walks per nine. 2370 RA. I buy all of those numbers. That's a really great 130 innings. Again, if that's all you get, that is probably fine here. And I think you can maybe not count on, but I think you can say, I'm going to get 160 innings. And I think that's like perfect scenario for Rodon. He's not going to throw 200. No. It's just not going to happen. But at this slot, yeah, 132 is fine. So yeah. I like it overall. It's a lot of what we said about Kershaw in a way, only, you know, the, the lights out stuff is still there. Yes. Now, the Phillies have signed Kyle Schwarber to a four-year contract. I mean, I understand <laughs> signing Schwarber that, okay, great, he'll About help your team. About million. Four years for Kyle Schwarber? That blows my mind. Let's take a look at his stats. Last year, 471 plate appearances, 32 home runs, 266, 374, 554. Uh, Ron, we'll go to you first. Do you buy those numbers? Because, I mean, we've seen him hit 180 in the past. We've also seen him hit... 240 in the past. This is the best average he's ever had, and the power's there, but I believe the power. Overall, what do you think of this and him with the Phillies? I, I think it's fine. I, I think that he's done enough as far as power numbers, and you know there has been a little bit of fluctuation in, in, in the batting average. I, I think that his season is is kind of what you can expect maybe from you know what you got in your 2019 season. Maybe not as many homers. But I, I think you know more than thirty is a safe bet. Eighty runs, ninety RBIs, but the two fifty, three thirty nine, five thirty one slash. I think you're going to get something right around there. So I, I think it's fine. You know, we've we've talked about him as what being one of the the main benefits. You know, main you know the DH being in the National League, and so we see that here. And I think that's indicative of that. I think that's why he's getting that twenty million. I don't think that he's going to be getting four years, eighty million if there's not that that DH. It's it. 
significantly limited his market. But uh, you know, he's 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 helpful and he gives you power numbers, and he's not going to kill you with the slash line. But I don't buy the fact that he's he's the slash that he was last year. I don't either. I, I don't think there's anything in his history to suggest it. I think with Schwarber, the risk of a batting average fallout just because of bad luck even is always there. And if that happens, then the power numbers decline too, and he becomes a lot less valuable because he is a DH type. Um, Schwarber's career line, and this is not meant to be a knock on him actually, is 237, 343, 493. That's perfectly fine for a slugger. And I think 30 or 35 homers in Philly seems like a given if he gets the plate appearances, even if the rate stats aren't ideal. And I've said all that to still say like, Schwarber is a guy I've, I don't know if I've ever really had on a fantasy team because I just don't like a lot of the risk involved with him, given the fact he can't really play a position. Now, the universal DH changes that a bit, but I'm still a little worried that he kind of reverts to his career triple slash and becomes not especially valuable at this pick, especially with no versatility. Part of his success last year was that he hit lefties at a pretty good rate. I, I just clicked off the page. It's it was not like, going to happen. It was like 265. Yeah, but he's a career 214 hitter against left-handers, and that's that's what's going to happen. So from a real baseball perspective, I do not understand four years. Yeah. I think you can buy sluggers for one year. I don't understand him for that team either, particularly. Right. So it's that baffles me. As far as fantasy goes, it's not a player I typically own because where he tends to go, and I'll look that up as I'm talking— I think you can get the same thing a little bit yeah. later. Just power. He's just going to give you power. Now, the the run and RBI stats are going to be pretty good. But, again, I think you could find a Schwarber at a different point in the draft. Yeah, 115 overall is where he's going over the What do we have month. around Schwarber there? What do we got going on? Let's see here. Hitter-wise, we've got Dansby Swanson next. Jake Cronenworth. Fran Mel Reyes is three picks later. I yeah. mean, you can just find these guys everywhere. Uh, Willie Adamas. CJ Crone, I just I feel like you could get him fifty picks later. Kind of like Crone this year yeah, too like as Crone a first too. baseman. Next up, the Washington Nationals have signed awesome old man Nelson Cruz to a one year contract. He's currently going around pick one eighty. I think that's going to precipitously fall now that he has a home. But what do you think, Brian, of Cruz here with the Nationals? The park isn't as bad as a lot of people think. I think a lot of people think it's a bottom like third kind of park and park yeah. factors. It's more middling. So it's a little bit better for him in that regard. Team isn't great, but there are some pieces that could help out. So what do you think? Well, and we've seen that with Cruz before where he's been on really bad teams and it has not really affected his output because of the kind of hitter he is. Uh, obviously, he's reduced now a little bit at age 65, but I do think he has enough in the tank left to still be a useful DH for Washington. I don't necessarily... I mean, I... It's a weird signing given where the Nationals are at right now, but I, I think he'll fare just fine there. I, I think, though, he's another guy who I – sometimes the ADP rises a little more than I want for a DH-only guy who is, again, uh, like could be my dad. <laughs> I, th- I think I think there's a couple reasons for this signing. I, I mean, I think it's fine. You know, Like you said, Brian, he hits wherever he's at, so I don't think that's a concern. The lineup's a little concerning. I don't know if they maybe brought him for in for some leadership, but I also look at this as I don't know. You know, if if we 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 don't expect much out of Washington, I don't think Nelson Cruz finishes the 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 year in Washington. I think he gets no. dealt at the deadline. I think a team, especially with all the teams that have you know National League DH now, if a team thinks that they are just a, a bat away and they can put him in the middle of the lineup and he can be that impact guy and they can slot him in at DH. I think his market at the trade deadline is going to be pretty heavy, and I see him getting dealt. I don't see him finishing the year as a national. And I just looked it up. Over the last calendar month, he was drafted with pick 179 in ADP on NFBC leagues. The last couple of days, that's fallen to 156, which is still a steal for me. I will take that. Uh, I mean, look, are you going to pay a 130 price for Kyle Schwarber yeah. or wait 30 picks later and get Nelson Cruz, who can do more? Nelson Cruz could hit 300 this year. Schwarber, there's zero chance he hits 300. There's a little bit of the Max Scherzer thing in Cruz, not to that old. extent, but of just being like, well, but it has to stop, right? <laughs> you would think it might at some point. And we kind of saw some cracks last year, but yeah. not really. Yeah, and he, he is not what he was five years ago, but he's just so predictably solid. Yep, so I like Nelson Cruz a lot here. Next up, the Cubs have, for some reason, decided to sign Seiya Suzuki, the international uh, prospect. 
it's a good landing spot for him as a hitter, and it's a weird landing spot for him as a team because the Cubs are certainly not good. I assume they expect to compete within this five-year window, but this came as a shock to me for sure. Ron, what do you think of Suzuki here? And I'll look up his ADP and you tell me if you like him in drafts this year. Uh, I mean, I don't know a ton about him. I know he you know, he put together a, a pretty impressive season last year. He's been a multi-time All-Star in, in, in the league he's coming from. And, and when you look at his, his line from last year, posted a 317, 433, 639 with 38 homers, 26 doubles, 88 RBIs, and had almost as many walks as strikeouts. So, I mean, there's... If it translates over, there's a lot to like here. It's just the problem is I feel like with a lot of these guys, it, the numbers, whether it's a pitcher or a hitter, more often than not, it doesn't translate over the way these teams think it's going to. Not to say that it can't, but I, I, it's it's kind of an odd signing for the Cubs. And like you said, man, it must think they must think they have a shot in the next five years. Uh, roster resource has him slotted in at number five, right there in the middle of the lineup in right field. So uh, I mean, it's it's worth a shot here. You know, if he's going to hit in the middle of that lineup, you know, he does have Wilson Contreras, and Hap hitting ahead of him. So we'll see. But, I mean, I don't know if I'll have him on a ton of teams depending on the price. But overall, I think it's fine. You know, I guess it's a good thing to see the Cubs doing doing something and kind of trying to go for it a little bit, even though I don't think they're going to have a lot of success this year. I'll go next because I do have his ADP numbers here. Over the last calendar month, he was going to pick 190 Last couple of days since the signing happened, or I guess it happened today. Either way, rumors picked up a lot. 174 is uh, where he's at. So um, I don't know. I think that could jump up a little bit more. But if he's going around pick 150, I think I like it because it's a power speed combo. There's a little bit of a blend there. I don't know how his average is going to be. The projection systems do not feel confident in what he does outside of steamer. Mm, I think either way, he'll be at, at least a 260. 340, maybe 460, 450 hitter. And I think that's valuable enough that uh, I'll take a shot. I like it. What do you think, Brian? I will also totally take a shot unless the ADP rises a lot based on this size of contract, which does tell me that there were probably a few teams who were very sold on his ability to translate to the majors. To what extent, though? And that's what we have no way of knowing. I know projections have gotten a lot better from Japanese leagues uh, in the in the past decade or so, but there's no real way to gauge this. I just really like the fact that, based on the scouting reports we have, this looks like a guy who's not going to hurt you if you draft him around 150 or 170 as a corner outfielder, and also offers you rare upside around there, because we don't know what he is. What if he, you know, does hit 35 homers? I mean, you're going to be glad you took him there. Yeah, definitely. All right, next up, we have Chris Bryant, Oh, boy, Woo-hoo. Chris Bryant. This is great fantasy news. Real-life yeah. news, it's a little wacky. He has signed an enormous contract. I didn't even write it down. Seven-year, eight-year, a big Seven one. Seven years, and I think 180-something? Yeah, 185, maybe. A lot. Anyway, to play for the <laughs> Colorado Rockies. So the Rockies have this great yeah. defensive third baseman who's going to age really well, and they go, no, take him off our hands, Cardinals. They well, trade fact, away or We will give you $50 million. To do so. <laughs> Then, two years later, they go, you know what? There's another good defensive third baseman who's going to age fairly well. Let's throw a lot of money at him as well. Boy, I I don't get it as far as the Rockies say, but we're talking fantasy here. You know what I think happened? You know know how we were previewing all the offensive positions and we noticed Bryant was eligible at several? I don't think anyone's told the Rockies front office he can't take all of those spots in the lineup at once. <laughs> they thought, yeah, he could play left, <laughs> third, and first all at yeah. the same time. Well, again, form fantasy, it's going to pick 190, or I'm sorry, not 190, pick 92 overall. There's Cody Bellinger right there. We've got Brian Reynolds, Giancarlo Stanton. Brian, were you first? What do you think of the, the cost now that he's a Rockie? So I think this is around what his cost was probably when we talked about him before. Uh, I don't, did anyone expect this? no. Uh, Not at all. The the cores factor means this price will go up. He will become more expensive. Around 90, I love this because of the versatility, because the floor is really high. It always was. And this adds a ceiling I don't think was there, for instance, playing in San Francisco. Yeah, it's going to drive the price, I think, up a little bit too high for me. Like you said, Brian, I don't mind it around 90, but I think it, it, it's it's something where it you know it does give him a you know it is nice for fantasy for fantasy purposes 
But in real life, you know, kind of like we were texting before the before the show. I feel like that they were probably the only team willing to give him seven years. And you know, there's not a whole lot of other free agents beating down the door to get to Colorado. And so I think they had to throw money at something. This is what they ended up doing. Doesn't make a lot of sense from that standpoint. Uh, roster resource has him hitting number two in the lineup ahead of Charlie Blackman and CJ Cron. So he'll have a little bit of uh, protection in the lineup. I mean, for fantasy, for fantasy, I think it's great, especially if he can retain some of that multi-positional eligibility. How th- far does he drop that you would take him? I think guys- into the seventies. Okay. I think that's right around where I'd be like, okay, that's fine. And here, I'll tell you why, because I bought the power. I bought yeah. that he has a little bit of speed. I buy all that. But in cores, what's going to happen is his batting average is going to go up. Mm-hmm. So if he's suddenly a 290 hitter as opposed to a 260 hitter, I think that's that automatically, valuable. like in the counting sets that come with that. Yes. Because he, I mean, he's not afraid to take a walk either. He'll be on base and he's never been afraid to, you know, steal a base here and there either. I don't, this does make him a lot more interesting. He's <laughs> yeah, a lot more palatable here. But I think in the 70s, I think that's probably where he'll end up and I'd be comfortable with that. I don't know. Maybe and, he'll and- go higher, but we'll see. And you're getting a ton of games from him, too. I mean, he's only really got one season that he's played not played at least 144 games. In his first three years, he played 150-plus. It's just that 2018 season, he had that injury, played 102. So you know he's going to be in the lineup as well. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on to one more quick signing here that happened today. Zach Grinke has signed with his original team, the Kansas City Royals. Now, Grinke last year with the Astros, the bottom fell out. He finally just kind of collapsed under his own amazing, crazy-eyed weight. 171 innings, 6.32K per nine. Still good walk rate, 1.89 walks per nine, and a 4.16 ERA. So the ERA is tolerable. It's not great. He's still not walking anyone, so the whip is likely good. I don't think he knows how. (laughs) But the the strikeout's just tanked, 6.32K per nine. What do you think, Ron? Do you like him in Kansas City now? And again, I'll look up his ADP, but overall, do you think there's a bounce back for the 38, 39-year-old? I mean, I don't think that we see a whole lot more than what we saw. I I don't think that it gets drastically better from here. I mean, you might see a little bump in the K per nine, but I think he's still a guy that's going to be right around a four ERA. I think he's he's going to strike out a decent amount. I don't think he's going to do anything too terribly special for your team. Guy that I'm probably going to stay away from unless he's somebody that I can use at the very, very end of my rotation or put him on my bench and maybe – mix and match a little bit. I mean, you know you're going to get innings out of him. He's super durable, uh, so that's a plus. But I, I just don't see a lot a lot changing just because of the signing. I think he's kind of getting to that point where he just is a 4-ERA pitcher. I agree. I think he's, uh, first off, he's had a Hall of Fame career, uh, incredible yeah. career from Granke, and he's settled into this elder statesman role of being very valuable in terms of I can eat innings, I limit base runners as best I can, even as my stuff declines. I don't know how valuable he is for fantasy, but I don't know. I'm kind of glad as a Missourian that I'll have a chance to see him pitch, which is cool, and that he is back there again, even though I'm by no stretch of the imagination a Royals fan. Yeah, we talked before we started recording, <laughs> Brian, of, hey, let's go. Maybe we can watch a game yeah. with Brinky this year. That'd be cool to see because he is a Hall of Famer. I definitely agree with that. He was going with pick 320 and ADP over the last calendar month. Today's draft, he went 298, so essentially pick 300. I think that's great. I like him there. Around there, that's, I mean. Yeah, it's free, essentially. Yeah. You're you're buying a guy who, at the very least, will give you a good a good enough ERA, because four is fine. He will be getting a lot of starts in a division with several bad teams. It, that, too, yeah. So I think, I mean, if he can get back to striking out seven and a half, eight batters per nine, at pick 300, that's great. So, yeah, definitely like it there. Uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break here, and then we've got several more players to go through. Definitely more to come, but we'll see you on the other side. Nasty. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the show. I'm Van Lee. I'm talking with Brian Vaughn and Ron Rigney about players, baseball players to be specific. Not just like club, like the I was the really playoff. worried we were going to have to talk about like creepy men who hit on women at bars or hockey players. <laughs> no, I really like how that guy pops his collar and is just a complete <laughs> douchebag to everyone. No, we're going to talk Anthony Rizzo. I don't know that Rizzo pops his collar and is a complete douchebag to everyone. He might. I would guess. Uh, you know, honestly, more I think about it, yeah, <laughs> I agree. He probably has like two or three shirts on, each collar popped. It's like and a I layer. mean, I don't know. I just, I heard an unsavory detail about the guy and I... uh well, I can tell you one of those details is that he's not going to be playing in Toronto this year. Yeah. Anthony Rizzo resigns with the Yankees. He, of course, was traded there by, from the Cubs, and I don't know, he's got a job there. Kind of great stuff. Last year, overall on the whole season, he had 576 plate appearances, 22 home runs, six deals, 248, 344, 440. Brian, this is kind of just what Rizzo does. I think he's a little bit underrated in the regard of that he just keeps doing it year in and year out, and I think he's going to keep doing it. Maybe a little undervalued, but overall, what do you think about him landing with uh, New York? I, I like it in theory just because that's always been a good park for lefty power hitters. I just, speaking of power, I wish Rizzo had more. Like uh, I, uh, More power. <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> that is Van, the tool manly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. I really wish that Rizzo was a little bit more of a, a what he was earlier in his career for some reason with age, he's been a little more impatient and the powers waned as well. I do think there's a chance he's underrated in a sense that the ballpark, the lineup, the sheer plate appearances are going to give him better counting stats than probably a lot of first base options being drafted around where he is. But I'm probably out on him just because I, I think I'll probably have other options. I prefer. I do think he has a better season this year than he does la than he did last year though. I feel like in the last couple of seasons, he's become a really good value for what he does just because, like you said, Brian, he just continues to do it. The only question I have is where does he hit in the Yankees lineup? And if, if you look at what... Is he the only left-hander they have? It's it's him. Well, Joey Gallo oh. is, is, is there still, apparently. Um, and then uh, as they have slotted in as their starting catcher right now, Ben Rortvet is the other lefty <laughs> at the at the bottom of the lineup. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's probably not going to be the opening day guy, if I had to guess. Is he real? But <laughs> uh, Yeah, he actually is real. I did see him play uh, for the Fort Myers Miracle way back in the day. So he's he actually a big windmill is what he is. Actually, <laughs> actual human being. Yeah, you just got to make sure you time the pitch right so it goes through <laughs> the hole and does not hit the. <laughs> it doesn't hit the. But you get the, a free uh, game if you do it. <laughs> you do, but it keeps the ball though. You don't get your ball back. But it just depends on where he's going to hit in the lineup. Roster Resource actually has Rizzo uh, leading off in this lineup. I don't know if I necessarily that's agree with that. That's not going to happen. But no, that's definitely fine. not. You're, but when you go down the list, you're gonna. You know, you got Aaron Judge, Stanton, Donaldson's in the fold now. Gallo. There's a lot of speculation about Gleyber Torres getting traded. So who knows? But I, I feel like. He's become a value that I, I like the last couple of seasons, especially, you know, we, we talked about our first base and it, it gets away from you pretty quick in drafts. I actually did a draft and hold the other day. And, and honestly, I don't even remember who my first baseman ended up being, but I know that it was something where I kept getting sniped. And then all of a sudden there was actually nothing to go after. So he could be a guy that if that happens to you, you could get a little bit later on and feel okay about it. You guys, we should, uh, we should get in a draft and hold. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm game. Well, before that happens, though, I'll talk about Anthony Rizzo. And I don't remember what, what I said in the first baseman episode that we did, but I like Rizzo. He's grown on me more and more as the offseason has progressed, and I really like him now that he's signed with the Yankees. It's in a really good spot for him to hit. He was going to pick 185 over the last calendar month, and then in today's drafts, after the news happened, maybe it was before, pick 199. So I don't Opposite think that's Opposite of realistic. what I would have thought. Yeah, I think he'll go a little bit higher than 185, but I, I still would buy in. I mean, the power is still... Legit, he can still steal a base. 
I mean, six stolen bases last year. The projection systems say five to six, and I think that's reasonable. And I think he could bounce back in the batting average. So, yeah, I think he's a little bit underrated, and it's a great landing spot here for him as well. Let's move on to the Pirates. The reason we're going to talk <laughs> about the Pirates is because Ron and Nate's boy, Dan Vogelbach, has signed in Pittsburgh. It's America's whitest man. <laughs> it's a shame you're no longer there. <laughs> I Brian. know. You could have seen him. You could have sold him meat. I actually could have because when I was in the Pittsburgh area, I was selling meat. See, there you go. There you go. If meat you know salesman. what I mean. Slinging meat, huh? <laughs> well, Ron, let's go to you first. We don't need to spend a lot of time no. on Dan Vogelbach, but what do you think of this news here? Uh, I mean, it's very cool. You know, he's a, he's a super nice guy. Glad to see him can continue to catch on with teams and, and hopefully have a role. I mean, he's in a good spot because there's really not a whole lot in Pittsburgh. Uh, let's see. Uh, they have Yoshi Sasugo as the first baseman right now. He's slotted in as the DH in the cleanup spot. So not a great lineup, but it, it, it's cool to see. And I'm sure that he's, you know, celebrating with um, racks of lamb and <laughs> lamb chops and St. Louis style ribs. So good for him, man. Glad to see it. Oh, yeah. And in Pittsburgh, you can get food that's just like fries with shrimp on it. And then there's like cheese. It's just weird. Uh, actually, that's just Pennsylvania <laughs> in general. Like they, they just think you can serve all foods at one restaurant. So I bet you Dan's going to be real pumped about that. <laughs> He'll be psyched for it. Currently going with pick 698. It'll be higher than that. Maybe he's worth a flyer to be on your bench, but... He'll be the first guy you cut. That if is one six ninety eight. That's one pick for like every pound of meat he can eat in one <laughs> sitting. One pick. One pick for every rib that's going to be consumed. All right. Well, let's shift on to trades, and there were some big ones for sure. We're going to start off with the Twins, who have been making a bunch of moves here. They picked up Sonny Gray from the Reds, and Gray has been going with pick one seventy four in uh, recent drafts. So overall, Brian, what do you think of Gray coming into the year? What can he produce, and is this uh, a lateral move, an improvement? What do you expect going to Minnesota? This is all around really good news for everybody involved, except for maybe the Reds, I don't know. But I like Sonny Gray. I think he's always been underrated when healthy because he's such a quality starting pitcher, and he's he's not too old yet. I think he's entering a better situation in terms of ballpark and team, honestly. And I like that the Twins are being weirdly aggressive in a bad division. I mean, outside of the White Sox. I think this is a fun way to go for them. They already added some prospects last year. Now they're trying to bolster the Major League roster. And I think Gray's like the perfect guy. He's not, okay, he's not Burrios, and I know Burrios is gone. But if you don't have Burrios, if Gray manages to establish a little more of a healthy track record, I think he could be a poor man's Burrios. Yeah, I like I like this a lot. I think it's a nice get for them. You know, he's he got the ERA sitting there at four point one nine. Was a little bit better than that with with FIP and XFIP. Double digit K per nine. It, it just just been a solid guy over the past the course of the past you know two three seasons. And, and I'm like you, Brian. I, I think the the way you describe that is is perfect because they are being aggressive, but they are at the same time with, with that aggressiveness. Some of the moves are a little head scratching, but. I think this is a, a solid guy to go get. You know, the, the fire sale in Cincinnati is definitely something real. And and it's not every day you can go out and get get a guy and not really give up a whole lot and be able to slot him at the top of your rotation and say that you went out and traded for your ace and didn't really give up a whole lot. And that's exactly what they did. I absolutely love that his ERA last year was 4.19. Because yeah. I think that's... Keeping that well, price down. I, it is. It's keeping the price down. I looked over the last couple of days, and it's only 168 or something. So it's not changing that much. And I don't think it will. So I really, really like him at this cost. Let me see. I'm going to pull up some other pitcher names. I'm going to tell you another thing right now. is This is another trade that when I saw it happen... I thought, why were other teams not trying to do this? Right, because I don't even remember the prospects who moved, but the cost wasn't that much. Yeah, it seems like, for instance, we've talked a lot about your team, uh, the Angels fan, and their need for starting pitching. And they, I, they, I, won't, they won't do, do it. They Ugh. won't do it. All right, so Sonny Gray is the 66th pitcher off the board again. Pick 179 here. Luis Severino is going a pick later. I'd wow. take Gray every single yeah. day of the week. We've got Ranger Suarez. I'd take Gray every single day of the week, even though I do find Suarez a little bit intriguing. Yeah, but that's where the Ranger's going to be. <laughs> Mike Clevenger is there. Again, it's still Sonny Gray to me, but I could see it because yeah. Clevenger at least has that old ace upside. But it's actually a lot of guys riskier than Sonny Gray. Exactly. So, yeah, Logan Gilbert's a little bit before him. Guy I like, but Gray's pitching in the majors right now. Yeah. So, yeah, great spot for Gray. I would take him a lot. 
All right. We're going to lump a couple of big trades here together because they involve a few teams, also the Twins. The Twins and Rangers first swapped Isaiah Kiner-Falefa for Mitch Garver. So Garver, of course, going from the Twins to the Rangers, Falefa to the Twins. The Yankees then swapped Josh or swapped Gary Sanchez and Giovanni Urshela to the Twins for Donaldson and the recently acquired Kiner Falefa. So Josh Donaldson, of course, is one of the bigger pieces moving in this, but Falefa as well going to the Yankees. Sanchez now with the Twins, Urshela with the Twins. Overall, of these, what, five guys I mentioned, talk about the ones you're most excited for or maybe whose value interests you. Uh, Brian, we'll go to you first. We all, I think, liked Donaldson at where he was being drafted before, <laughs> and that that will probably, uh, that draft position is going to, Rise with the tides because he's a Yankee now, and I, I still think Donaldson will benefit there, but I think he'd have a nice enough season in the at-bats he gets anyway. I'm most excited to see what the guy is going to the Twins can do and if the Twins have any answers for Urshela, for Sanchez, players who are certainly talented uh, and just maybe a couple of secrets away from becoming better. So I don't know how it'll affect the draft position of a lot of these guys, and they're not all stars, so to speak, but I'd be really curious to see, uh, specifically Urshela, what kind of season he has. Unfortunately, this being a fantasy baseball podcast, I wish I was more optimistic about these five guys in a fan- yeah. from a fantasy standpoint, but I'm just really not. You know, Donaldson would be the only one probably that I'd be in on, but like you said, Brian, that price is going to go up because of the change of scenery. But I think real life, the thing I'm most intrigued about is can the Twins fix Gary Sanchez to be a respectable hitter in that lineup? I don't know exactly what the issue is. You know, from all reports, you hear about Gary Sanchez being a hard worker. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But I'm, I think that's the thing I'm most intrigued with. They need to get him to where he can hit 220. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know if that's even possible. I don't either. Though. He's so bad at it. I don't it. know. Yeah, I don't want anything to do with Sanchez. I think you hit the hammer on the head, Brian, with Urshela. He has a full-time job now. Mm-hmm. He has produced some interesting fantasy values. So I'll be curious to see where he winds up in drafts because that is someone that I think with 650 plate appearances, it's going to give you a little bit of everything. Yeah, because we've seen him do mm-hmm. a little bit of everything over time. He just hasn't done it all at once. I Pretty sure we discussed Falefa on a recent episode, and I'm not that interested. No. He had a massive, just awesome stretch for like a month at the beginning of the season, and the rest of the year was unrosterable. I'm talking like 230, 280, 330. It was bad. As, so, a, as a person who has him in the prestigious Dynasty, <laughs> Dynasty League, yeah. I can tell you he is – Terrible offensively. And he was a lot more useful as a catcher who stole bases. I, I was going to say, I think we all liked him a lot more when there was yeah. that C next to his name. That's the whole reason he was ever on my team. Because he's just mm-hmm. a shortstop coming yeah. into the season in, in almost every format. I think he had like five games at third maybe. Yeah, and an empty 15 steals at short is not what it was in the like the early 90s. Yeah, for sure. Now, I think his price might even go up a bit because he's with the Yankees. And he has a full-time job here, I would expect. But yeah, no thank you. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that was everybody. Oh, well, Mitch Garver is pretty interesting. Yeah. I think we saw him rebound a little bit mm-hmm. last year, but I don't have the numbers in front of me. Well, I could pull them up in front of me. Magic of computers yeah. going on here. He had 243 plate appearances, 13 home runs, 256, 358, 517. Maybe that's a little too good for him, but what I want to point out is that I just do not believe he's more than 400 plate appearances ever. Mm-hmm. I think he's a 350 plate appearance guy who's awesome in those 350 plate appearances, but you need to be able to work another catcher in at different points, and that's valuable. I like it, so I'll definitely be paying attention to him for sure. I agree so much on Mitch Garver as a, if you can pair him with another catcher, I think he's sneaky in terms of his value because he does get on base and the power's real now. Like, we know that for sure, so... You take the batting average risk, but again, even that, not as much of a risk because it's fewer plate appearances. Yeah, he gets a huge boost in daily transaction leagues. Also, will he? I feel like he play. He'll be playing more than he would be in Minnesota in Texas. Correct, because they've always they've had Ryan Jeffries. They've had a good alternate. Yeah. I don't know who that is in Texas right now. So I don't either. There's a chance that's the case. Moving on to the Mariners, they and the Reds. The Mariners pick up Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez from the Reds for a couple of prospects. Let's go to Ron first on this one. Jesse Blinker, our boy on the show, he now moves to Seattle. The park's not as good, but it's a better team overall. And then Suarez, similar deal. Overall, what do you think of these two guys? Does their value change drastically or at all? 
Um, I don't know if I mean maybe maybe Winker's value gets a he goes up a little bit. I think a lot of people are still sleeping on Eugenio Suarez just because of the the terrible batting average that he posted last year in the offseason that he had last year. I think he was another one in that draft and hold league that I did that he was an insane value. I'm I'm expecting a little bit of a bounce back for him. I don't know if people will will, will attribute that with him moving here and that that he's gonna you know his ADP is gonna go up. I don't know necessarily if that happens, but. I think of the two, he's probably my favorite because I think he's going to be the cheaper of the two. I like this a lot for the Mariners. Talking about teams going all in and just going for it while they still have a bunch of prospects in the coffer. I I love what the Mariners are doing right now. But yeah, fantasy-wise, this doesn't excite me a lot because we see Winker and Suarez moving to a park that's not as power-friendly and... I'm with you, Ron. I think Suarez has a better season, and I think his power plays about anywhere. I I still, though, like there's a lot of risk involved. However, he usually is going to be priced in. I mean, he's going so late. With Winker, though, I worry that the ballpark is enough that his value is going to decline enough that the price doesn't match up since he doesn't have any speed, unless you're in an OBP league where where his walking skills play anywhere. I, I think we were all pretty much kind of out on Winker and his price. 106 is yeah. just such a headache to deal high. with. Can't hit lefties, et cetera, et cetera. I really don't think much changes here. I think he's got the enough power that the stadium change won't be effective too much. Maybe two home runs over the course of a season. And that's not nothing, but oh well. Suarez is a guy who has light tower power when he gets into it, so I don't think that changes at all. Currently going to pick 181, and I'm interested. I, I still think he's one of the last guys in the draft at that point where you could say there's 40 home run potential. Yeah. Or even 50 home it's run possible. potential. Whereas at that point in the draft, that and doesn't really like, happen. like we're kind of banging the same gong we did last preseason after the terrible uh, COVID year he had is, well, I mean, even if he, he may do that same thing again and hit 180 or 190, but like, like you said, Van, you just, you, there isn't a flip side of the coin as shiny down here. Correct. All right, moving on, we get the Braves. They have moved on from Freddie Freeman and traded for Matt Olson from the Athletics. They traded a couple of prospects. They then signed Matt Olson to a massive eight-year contract. Let's go to Brian first on this one. Who boy, first baseman who's not very athletic, and an eight-year contract is not going to age well, but... For fantasy value, what do you think of him being in Atlanta this year? I love it. I I think Olsen has matured into one of the better hitters in the game. I mean, not like the upper, upper echelon, but where he's going to hit for enough average and he's made legitimate changes to accomplish that in his approach and the pitches he's swinging at. I think he's going to have a monster year in Atlanta. I think he would anywhere. And yeah, I mean, Matt Olsen, he's one of the best first base options that you have. Anyone leaving Oakland typically hits better when they've left Oakland. Yeah, he's going to benefit hitting in a better lineup, hitting in a better ballpark. And it sucks in real life. It sucks for Braves fans because you want to see, you know, Freddie Freeman's one of those franchise guys that you want to see in his career there. But when you look at this from the Braves standpoint in real life, it makes 100% complete total sense. They're, they're, They're getting essentially very close to the same production for... What's probably going to end up being about, I think this, I think they said this deal at the, at the max ends up being $23 million for the last few years. And I've, I've, I've heard people say that Freddie Freeman's looking for upper 20s. I've heard a couple of analysts even, even speculate that he's looking for $30 million. I don't know at this point in the game if he gets that. So it, it, they, they save money there on a guy that's, it's, I, think, I think, five years younger. And to me, it's just kind of a no-brainer. So it sucks in that regard. But I, from, from fantasy... I, I think it does nothing but benefit already great numbers from Man, that. I think this this maybe opens the door for a higher percentage chance that Freddie Freeman does like a two-year $60 million to the Rays or something. Could be interesting. I don't know. Thirty. I don't know, though. $30 million for the Rays for one guy. That's their whole that's payroll. Like their whole yeah, payroll. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's tough for me to believe that they would do that. Olsen is going with pick 39 in drafts, and, man, I just don't know that I like it because while I do buy that he has improved – the improvements last year were not incremental or just a little. They were massive. He went from a 31% strikeout gate in 2020 to 16 last year, 25 the previous year before that, 24 before that, 28 before that. The batting average was at 271. That's a career high, but he did it 267 in 2019. 
I think it's fine for a couple of years from a baseball uh, perspective. Does with have the, the old the man skills. But boy, I don't know. In five years, I think this contract's going to look horrible. That said, for fantasy this year, I probably won't buy him at this spot. There's just other places I would rather look. But I get it, and I do think he'll produce enough. He's going to hit 40 home runs. It's what yeah. he does. I just think the batting average will be a little less, and he'll strike out a little more. But that's okay, because he's still going to hit 40 home yeah. runs. One more trade here, and we'll get out of here. The Blue Jays finally added their final piece. I say that because they're also going to add a dozen more pieces. You know, they're, they're, just they're doing in everything. on Jose Ramirez. Yes, it's insane how good the Blue they're Jays are They're just like, oh, be. we'll oh, just have yeah. this seven-war player play <laughs> second base. Oh, Simeon's gone? We'll get someone better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they added Matt Chapman from the Athletics, the other Matt from the A's. He has been added for a couple of prospects, not even that great of prospects either. But, uh, yeah, interesting pickup from them. Let's see, Brian, I think you're up first. What do you think of Chapman now that he's going to be with the Blue Jays? I mean, we were a little down on him when we talked third baseman, but overall, this is a good landing spot. Yeah, he's coming off a disastrous year, but it's not like that's the hitter he's always been, and he is a tremendous third baseman. He's going to play every day. I like the ballpark move as much as (laughs) I could possibly like a ballpark move, getting Chapman out of Oakland. The average is going to be a concern. He strikes out a lot. I, I've said all that to say he's going to have a much better season this year, and I firmly believe that. I think there's going to be enough power there, too, that it could make it worth your while, depending on where how much he rises in drafts. It could be too much for me to stomach, but I'm intrigued right now. And that buy, buy low window has suddenly slammed shut on <laughs> that Chapman here it, with that coming off that 210, 314, 403 slash from last season. Guy strikes out a ton. Yeah, we've seen that the last couple of years. We've seen it early on in his career. The batting average kind of all over the place. So I don't really know what to expect out of him other than you're probably going to get 30 homers. But, I mean, in this lineup with all the protection that you're getting, you know, he's projected right now to hit all the way at six, which in, in this lineup is just absolutely 100% loaded. And, and, and for them to be in on Jose Ramirez is just almost unfair. It's almost like they're just doing a uh, – a, a fantasy draft on uh, MLB The Show or something. Somebody <laughs> needs to tell Toronto this is not a video game. Yeah, what are you, the Canadian life. Dodgers? <laughs> <laughs> right? So, I mean, it, it's a great move for him. They gave up virtually nothing to get him. Uh, it, just just a brilliant move for Toronto. I th- agree with all of that. As far as fantasy goes, I'm not convinced he's honestly a very good hitter. I think last year might be a little closer to what he is than, say, 2019. It's just I don't buy the batting average because he strikes out so much. That said, he's currently going, I think it was pick 170-something or other. Let me look it up here. 181. That's That's pretty good. Pretty palatable. I think that's going to rise. We we talked about third base also being like not what it usually is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's around Yohan Moncada. I don't want anything to do with Moncada, so I definitely take Chapman there. Suarez is there. I think that is a little more debatable. I'll take Olsen in Toronto over. I don't know because Suarez Suarez. at least, to me, has 40 home run power. I don't buy that Chapman has. I think it's more 30 30 than 40. I don't know. I I could see the Toronto. I'll say that. Yeah. Eduardo Escobar there. I think I'd rather have Chapman than Escobar. Anyway, that's where he is. I think he'll go a little bit higher. We'll see. Yeah, if he even gets to 150, I think I'm out. Uh, I really really like the 180 range. He'll definitely be someone Mm -hmm. to watch. But to your point, Ron, that you said he was listed on roster resources batting 5th, 6th. I think that's where he's going to hit, and that's going to make Mm -hmm. him take a little bit of a hit in the runs RBI department, because he was a number 3 hitter, number 4 hitter with Oakland. While Oakland's a tougher stadium, the lineup isn't as good. That's still a big deal. That's going to be a loss of, I don't know, 75 plate appearances over a season. So I think it makes a difference. But overall, good ad for the Blue Jays. That team's going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. So there we go, gentlemen. That does it for this deluge of news here. I don't know. We can pull up MLB trade rumors and see if anything else happened. But uh, Brian, do you have anything else to add before we get out of here? Not really. I felt like we, we thought all the players kind of increased their stock based on these moves. And that's fun. I like knowing that there are a lot of variables to look into going into the season. That is very true. The Dodgers and Freddie Freeman are reportedly making progress on a deal. Nothing's happened, but we kind of knew that that might be what happens. Adley Rushman, he's been shut down for a couple of weeks, so I think you can quickly drop him down your list. He probably wasn't going to be on the team anyway to begin with. Uh, That's about it. Padres signed Nick Martinez. He'll be an interesting rotation Yeah, I I guess the Yankees are talking an extension with Aaron Judge. I wonder... uh, 
That's tough though if he can't play his home games. So um, hmm. guy little, might need to get a shot little, soon. Tricky, yeah. You would think a big, big shot like the needle has to be huge because <laughs> like, he's just a big man. Like a novelty check syringe. <laughs> yeah, that's what it has to be. It, like you have to use ten doses of a normal <laughs> shot for Aaron Judge. Okay, well, that's it. So we'll do the Relief Pitchers episode soon. We may record a special one this weekend and may do it next week. We'll see. We're coming up on the season, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't remember if I mentioned this on this show or the other show last week, but we'll be doing the Listener League this year. Get in touch with me. I think we're shooting for the first week of April. So April 1st, 2nd, 3rd. We'll do it somewhere around there over the weekend whenever we figure out how many we have. Yeah. So for Ron, for Brian, I'm Van. And may the fantasy gods shine upon you. <laughs>